Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode... To be supported by such a big brand, it just really does make running more special for me. It's just like, it keeps me motivated and, you know, that hard work is actually paying off. Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plod. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. Welcome to the show, Running with Jake, the podcast. Your weekly dose of running motivation... That is what we're all about, and today is no different. And I I will tell you something about today's show. Very excited, as I often am, recording with our guests. I love it. I love being inspired and motivated, as I hope you do listening to the great guests that we have on each and every week. And today, man, it has been incredibly difficult to pin this guest down. We've finally got her on the show. It is Samantha Harrison, who is an incredible runner, it has to be said. This weekend, a new performance in 31 minutes and 12 seconds, which is a new, which is a new 10k PB by 56 seconds. That's a, that was at Trafford 10k. Some of you may have ran that at the weekend. And that puts her fifth on the UK all-time list. I mean, how awesome is that? That's proper awesome. And the great thing about the chat with Samantha, which you will hear today, is she's very open and honest. Yes, she operates at a, at a, at a very high level. She is a superb athlete. But we get into the emotional side of training and the cost of training and the highs and the lows. And it's just great to have such an open chat with her. She's actually warm weather training, or she was warm weather training when we caught up, which was before the 10K that she did in Old Blighty at the weekend. Uh, she was in Spain. She was sunning herself. I could see on Zoom. She was loving the weather. And we was in very grey Britain. But we had a great chat. You're going to hear it today. We actually got to know of Samantha through her coach, who has been a guest himself. He's been on the show twice. I would like to cast him as a friend of mine now, friend of the show, Vince Wilson, absolutely top guy and it was great to catch up with Sam today you'll hear that coming up you know I'm not a running guy and I don't really understand the stats I don't understand the figures and all that kind of stuff but basically she is the god of all running is that fair to say I think that's a pretty fair assumption to make I have to say Peter she's she's awesome and and the thing is the scary thing is the talent that she has the natural ability and the direction that she's heading in. I mean, she's got years ahead of her, and I can't wait to see where her running takes her. But it's just so nice to have these open chats because, of course, we're not all running at the, the same level as somebody like Samantha, you know, but we can relate to a lot of the things that she talks about because challenge, tribulation, it's all the same no matter what you are doing, what your goal is, what you're gearing up towards. I mean, I know from yourself, Pete, we had a very open and honest chat the other day, didn't we? We alluded to a bit of a problem on last week's episode that you're having at the moment. Well, I say alluded, we pretty much just put it straight out there. You will know if you listened to last week's episode. If you didn't, go back and catch up on that. But we had a chat on the phone because you are struggling a little bit getting prepared for the Manchester Marathon Relay, which is fast approaching now. I mean, as we record this, we are less than four weeks away and you have a bit of an issue with the hip. But you You've actually taken some action, which I'm really, really impressed with. And of course, as, as we say, frustration is frustration, no matter what level you are at. You say you're a non-running guy, but you're booked, you're booked in with a physio tomorrow. So that's good. You're taking action. Proactive. I like this. I like this. It's not good because it's going to cost me £45. Well, so it's not really that good, is there it? Is but, that. There is know, that. Basically, I've strained something. I've got a bit of a groin injury and it's kind of hurting to walk. So when I run, it hurts extra extra amount. So I just want to get the lowdown on what's going on with that and whether or not running is damaging me any further or whether or not it's not. I don't know. But all of a sudden, and it's it's like you've spoken about before and I have always said I'm a non-running guy. And now um, I'm, it's not comfortable running, so I can't really run. 
Um, that's been taken away from me for now. And all of a sudden, I feel like a running guy <laughs> because I'm going, actually, today is a day where I should be going out for a run. I'd like to really go out for a run. So funny. And the other day I went out for a run and it bloody hurt. But at the same time, I was going, this is great because I'm running. So it's really odd. You don't appreciate what you've got sometimes until you're not able to do it, until it's taken away from you. As the old phrase goes, and it's so funny and so true because it is exactly that. I'm sure people listening can relate to that. If you struggle with drop-offs of motivation, it happens to all of us, let's be honest. We speak openly on the show about that. I pretty much run all the time in terms of every week. You know, I'm consistent. I'm pretty regular with my running, but I definitely have moments where I'm just not up for it, like at the weekend, actually, on Sunday, but managed to get myself out there, get the session done, felt better afterwards. But even when you have these kind of, oh, I can't be bothered, shall I go? It's wet, it's miserable, it's grey, I've had a long day, you know, all these different reasons slash excuses. And then the moment, as you say, Pete, you actually can't do it, you are no longer empowered to make that choice because the choice has been made for you, the decision... Uh, has been made the choice has been taken away from you and that's really frustrating all of a sudden all you can think about is i just want to get out of that i don't care about pace i'm not bothered how far I run i just want to be able to run if i choose to do it and this is why it's so funny running isn't it it's such a wonderful sport activity but it is definitely frustrating as well because naturally you do get that there's a high uh, risk of, of injury with with running and hopefully in the main they're just little setbacks and little niggles but I think having that in my, in your mind that actually there may be a chance that I could pick up a little bit of an injury here I think it's worth putting some things in place so some countermeasures like building a good relationship with a local physiotherapist so you can you know that you can contact them you can have a chat with them you can easily get booked in they know your history they can look after you like having the right shoes to run in like making sure that you have other alternative other other options if you can't run you know some of my runners that, that pick up injuries there's, there's one at the moment who a little bit set back Sarah sending you lots of love she's just got a little bit of a niggle at the moment she'll be back I've no doubt she's been super consistent but what she's doing is she's still getting out there the time that she would ordinary ordinarily run she's now just getting out there and walking which is obviously good for wellness it's good for mental health it's good for physical health but it continues the habit of doing something instead of running she's replaced it but she's still doing that thing so it helps to keep the habit as well so all these things i think are really really important you're absolutely right and that's why i've decided to book in with uh, the physio guy who you gave me the number for alan oh alan top guy not seen him for quite a while actually <laughs> um well I, I, okay i mean i haven't seen him for quite a while for a, a couple of reasons i do recommend his services to lots of my runners that are in and around the east midlands the problem i have as some of you may know if you did hear the episode uh, several months ago now fortunately um i don't see Alan anymore very often because because I live in Winchester and he's up in Derby is in is in uh, Stanley Village uh, but the other reason that I don't see Alan anymore is because when I last saw him I was in such a fluster and a panic and I was oh 100 miles an hour traveling up from Bristol as I was then <laughs> to Derby I had an appointment with him I think it was my calf no it was definitely my calf but I told him it was a problem with my left calf and actually it was a problem with my right calf but I didn't I didn't remember that it was my right cough until I was about five minutes from the end of the session. And I just thought I couldn't come clean now. Even though it dawned on me, he's been working for the last 55 minutes on the wrong bloody leg. I just, I couldn't, I just couldn't come clean. It was quite embarrassing, especially at the end when I had to thank him quite you know, genuinely. Thank you so much. It feels be- How does it feel? It feels so much better. It feels fine. It feels perfect. <laughs> But that, I suppose that last five minutes of that massage on the wrong leg, 
I can imagine that five minutes was a really long five minutes where you're going through all the possible scenarios. So, so I'm, obviously, I'm going to go and see Alan tomorrow. Does Alan not know that he did the wrong leg? Well, you told him the no, wrong no, leg. No, no, I never, I never mentioned it to him. So you, just, <laughs> just be careful if it comes up. Maybe, maybe oh, don't really? tell him that I recommended him. Maybe, maybe don't mention my name. That could be uh, just in case I do see him again in the future. You know, it's a little bit embarrassing. I'd rather just uh, brush it under the carpet. I have mentioned your name, mate. This is the issue. And what I'll, what I'll do, what I will do, actually, thinking about it, because this podcast that we're recording now is actually released tomorrow, and that will be when I'm seeing Alan is I could tell him about the podcast, he'll listen to this, and then you'll never have to tell him face-to-face because he'll already know. I don't think you should do that. Yes, I'm definitely up for ratings and reviews and listenership, but I'm willing to take a hit on this occasion just to save me from any further embarrassment. Yes, we do want the biggest running podcast in the world, but let's keep it a secret from Alan. One person I'm sure always gets the right leg if she does have to see a physio is Samantha. Let's get her on now. For the show notes and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast. Sam, I can't believe we're actually speaking. We've we're, we're managed <laughs> to catch up at long last. Finally. It's been, honestly, it feels like you've been a guest on the show so many times, yet you've not been on yet. <laughs> we've tried to make this happen many times, but it's happening now. And I was a bit worried, actually, because... Like, initially, when we were first going to record a call with your good self, obviously, I know you're super busy, and I do a little bit of research, of course, for the show, and I guess, you know, questions and, and things that they're up to, but things are changing so rapidly for you, I'm like, I can't keep up, so I'm pleased we're getting to speak yeah. now, at long last, I can see you're in Spain chilling out. How long have you been in Spain? What's going on over there? Warm weather training? Yes, I got to Spain um, on Sunday evening. Um, weather in the UK isn't great in winter with the storms and the rain. So I had an opportunity to come out here and train in 20 degrees and just knuckle down and train hard. So I took the opportunity and it's absolutely amazing because it sounds horrific in the UK. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's quite actually, if you're listening to this podcast, this episode, and you're maybe you're out running at the moment, being battered by storms in the UK... Uh, you'll be pleased to hear that this is an audio podcast, not video. I've got Sam on the video here. I can see she's chilling out with the shades on, the sun behind, the blue skies. Sam, we hate you, but in a really nice way. So don't take offence to that. <laughs> I do feel really bad. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, I believe you, I'm sure. So what's going on out there then? Is it like full-time training? Is it? If you, is it uh, are you working with other athletes out there? And how, how long are you out there for? Are there specific things you're focusing on? I've just come out here for two weeks um, because the guys that I train with, they can't really, they still work full-time so they can't come out here for a substantial amount of time whereas I'm a bit more flexible because I only work part-time now and my work are really understanding that you know training is very important um, for me now and they're really supportive with it so I could have probably got out longer um, unless I stay out on my own which is a consideration so if the weather is really bad when I'm due back home I'm going to try and stay out here for a bit longer but it all depends on how it is in the UK weather-wise I really don't want to come back to horrendous weather and I'm not racing until the start of April really so I don't really need to rush back anytime soon um but yeah basically nothing really has changed in my training plan from what I'm doing in the UK to what I'd be doing in here in Spain apart from the days that I'm at work obviously I'm training a bit more than what I would so I I am training out here more than I would at work um, when I'm back in the UK with work. So obviously, I'm not working here. So, yeah, just training hard, focusing, you know, chilling out, not got the stress of work and all the things in between, trying to 
cram in seeing all your friends, family, work life, just just how it is in the UK. It's so different when you come out here um, and train. I just feel like even my easy runs just feel great and I just I feel like I recover more. Like my track session yesterday was quite a big session and I just felt it felt amazing. It was one of the best sessions I've done in a in a while and whether it's because I'm out in Spain or it's just a, a coincidence, who knows? It's funny, isn't it? Because like psychologically as well, I imagine that can help. You know, you talk about your easy runs, like everything's just feeling better at the moment. Do you think it is physically being out there in terms of temperature, better temperature, better conditions? Or do you think there's an element of you're in Spain, you're not working? Like, do you feel more relaxed in your mind as well as physically? Oh, absolutely. I think it's probably more mental than physical, really, because I imagine I'm in the space of three days. I've not <laughs> got majorly, I've not peaked in the last three days um so I think it is just more mentally or like you say you've not got so much to do you're not running around after everyone or you've got the stress of work so psychologically I think that's always there so I think being out here and just being stress-free and being happy and enjoying it definitely makes running a lot lot easier you mentioned the track session you did yesterday I saw this on uh, on Instagram I saw your photos there what 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 session was that that you did it was 14 by 800, um, so with 60-second recovery. So, yeah, it was a pretty brutal one. It was about seven, seven miles, seven, well, altogether with warm-up and warm-down. It was probably about 10 miles altogether wow. in volume and then about seven, seven and a half miles on the on the track running round. My gosh. It was tough, but it, it felt a lot better than I expected when I sort of read it on paper. I was like, ooh, this is going to be a tough one. But actually, when I got into the rhythm and just focused and I had um, one of the guys helping me out and the other one timing, it actually worked really well and it went quicker than what I thought. You know, when you're doing sessions like that, I mean, obviously, you've got a real clear goal and goals. And I'm, I'm going to ask you about this, of course. So you're very driven, but there must be times when you think this is tough. You know, you read the session on paper, even somebody at your level doing, and I know you've had a fantastic year last year, which again, I want to ask you about, but where do you go in your mind? I'm really interested. You know, when we speak to different people on the show, like how do you get over the, the, the really challenging moments? You know, how do you break a session down in your mind when you're in that session? Or do you even know how you do that? I would say nine out of 10 sessions, you know, they're, they are brutal and they're hard and you, you, you're questioning yourself in the session and you really have to just dig deep sometimes and you could just, it's easy just to give up. But I think you have to be quite mentally strong and like you say, break it down in your head. So it depends what type of workout. So in the track, I break it down with laps because for me mentally, that's easier. Okay, I think, right, okay, then you got this many laps to do. Like yesterday, it was only, for me, it was only two laps. I just kept saying, it's two laps, Sam, it's two laps. So when it got hard, sort of around 10K, I was sort of get, starting to get tired and the pace was increasing because it was getting quicker. Um, and I was like, oh, and it was getting really hot. Um, and I was like, only another six laps to go. And I was just sort of, counting it down like that in my head so mentally that works well for me um and then if i'm doing sort of a marathon based session half marathon based session like a longer sort of session or a tempo um again i'll break it down into miles so if it was a 10 mile tempo for example i would break it down to um five and five or into sets because that just mentally again makes it easier for me and sort of gets me through the session um, and having people there again that that mentally helps you if you if it's so low it is you really do have to dig deep and mentally focus but when you're in a group I just sort of will sit behind or I'll lead out and then I've got the 
sort of duty then to help the others. So you dig deep in that way. So you, you just sort of depends on what sort of session you're doing, really, um, and who you're with and whether it's solo or in a group. I think that's great to hear and really honest as well. I mean, I know, although this is the first time we've, we've spoken at Long Last, as we mentioned, we've exchanged quite a few messages and I feel like you've, you've been on the show before, but it's great to hear you being so open and honest because I think there's people listen to this that are not at your level, Sam, but they they go through the challenges. You know, the challenge is very similar for different people, isn't it? Irrespective of perhaps where they are in their journey, they still have those moments where they think, why am I doing this? This is tough. Can I get through this session? How am I going to, you know, get out the other side? And forward thinking to maybe a session they've got that weekend and yet they're actually still doing the current session on a Wednesday or a Tuesday or whatever day it might be so it's great to hear that you have ways of breaking things down in your mind just taking that a step further so when you're not in a session you've given an example of like a couple of examples of different types of sessions where how you might break it down how do you how do you manage your mind in a race now I'm really interested to know that because with yourself you're you're of course, you will chase times on occasions, but you, you, you're a competitor, you're an athlete. It's about beating the field. So how, how do you sort of manage things in the latter stages of a long distance race? You know, something like a, a half marathon or a marathon. Do you have any kind of obvious go to methods that work for you? Again, it's very similar to training for me. I break it down in my head and then you all the thoughts of, OK, you've worked so hard in training to get to this point. Don't give up now and, you know, just dig deep. You, you are used to that in training. It's hard. And if anything, in a race, you want to make it slightly easier than training because, you know, in a race, you want to try and be as prepared as you can. So you, you are sort of experienced a little bit with digging deep and knowing how to mentally train your mind when things get hard in in training so I do find it easier and in a race actually mentally because half of the time you are actually surrounded by hundreds or thousands of people so that can help as well mentally um usually like if you're doing a half marathon or a marathon for example you know that is for me that was so difficult in that last few miles of the marathon where my legs was I just couldn't even feel my legs to be honest um <laughs> so having hundreds of that like just thousands of people shouting encouraging you um because at that point actually in the marathon I was actually running solo so there was nobody around but having people shouting you screaming at you shouting your name um, and then in your head, you sort of done all this training and you think that no, just don't give up now. Just really dig deep because you've only got, what, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, 15 minutes of running or less. Um, so, so, yeah, it's just, I think, practice, really. Staying with the mental strength side of things and, and the psychology behind your training and racing. Is that something that you feel you've developed? You know, you say it takes experience and it's something you work on. It, do you feel like that? Do you feel like you have more mental resilience than perhaps when you first started out? Yeah, I guess so. In certain ways, I think you build up mental resilience in training, in day-to-day life, through past experiences, not necessarily running. It can be personal life. It can be family life. It can be breakdowns in relationships. It can be friendship, absolutely anything. I think you build up mental resilience. And I think I was quite a mentally strong character with how I've been brought up anyway. Um, And, you know, I think as we all, all as people go through things in life and, you know, why I got into running was sort of a a mental thing, really, when I was going through quite a lot of personal things. So I think mentally I was quite strong anyway. And then I got into running and it sort of made me mentally strong um, more. 
Um, I think it's definitely something that with experience that you gain um, and it can be naturally in your personality. I've always liked it as a child as well. I think I was quite mentally strong as a kid from what my uh, parents told me. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like I could be mentally strong, stronger in other ways. But I think that you're always going to have those. But that's more of a doubt. So you always have doubts and negativity can always creep in at times. But um, I think that's just natural for, for most people. What's the big goal this year? I'm, I'm interested to know. The main goal is the um, European 10,000, which is actually Highgate in May. Um, so obviously each year or over a certain amount of years, we'll look at the training, look at the what, what we're heading for um, and what's the ultimate goal at the end of that. Um, usually it's, it's over like a five-year cycle. Um, so for this year, we decided that there is quite actually a lot of championships. As you know, there's the Commonwealth Games, there's the Europeans, um, the World. So there's quite a lot going on. Um, and how my training fits in with race-wise, um, to focus on the 10,000 metres, uh, focus really focus on my speed this year, just trying to get those times down. Um so, yeah, try and qualify for the European 10,000s um, at Highgate. And then after that, it will be um, going to have a track season. Uh, I think it's important. I didn't really have one last year. Uh, I think it's important to have a track se- season. Um, I know that it benefits me mentally and physically. I'm slightly out of my con- comfort zone when it's less than sort of 10,000 metres or even just on the track because uh, I generally do uh, just run on the roads, really. So it's always out of my comfort zone, I think, which always slightly makes me apprehensive. But actually, where I am and with my training and journey, I really want to do a track season because uh, I am improving on the track. And it, like you say, it really benefits me in other ways. And, on, and then when I transfer that onto the roads. Um, so I have a track season. And after the track season, I'm going uh, straight into marathon prep. Um, so I'll be doing London Marathon in October. Um, so really going to uh, train hard for that as well after the track. Um, and yeah, that's sort of the main goals for this year, just the European 10,000 and London Marathon. And then next year, I think it will be more marathon-based um, races and work. Um, I think we'll probably look down and do a, maybe a, a few marathons that year, maybe two marathons as opposed to just the one-sided one marathon last year, one marathon this year, then next year I might uh, double up um, and maybe do one at the start of the year, beginning of the year, and then one towards the end of the year. What's the ultimate big focus for you? What's your passion? It sounds like it lies on the road rather than on the track, Sam. Ultimately, it's going to be the marathon. Um, Vince feels that it will be the strongest event for me. Um, That's why this year he wants to just focus on, um, obviously still doing a marathon, still focus on those miles and creeping those miles up each year. Um, This year will be will be bigger on my mileage than last year um, but we we don't want to rush things at the end of the day because if he just shoots me up on mileage because he knows where you know that benefits me quite a lot um, we've tested things and not tested things and we're beginning to know because I've really only been in the sport a few years now so Vince is getting to know my body as well as I'm getting to know my own um, and he doesn't want to shoot me up doing all this stuff and then I get injured um, and at the moment touch wood Touch wood, touch wood, wherever it is, just touch it. Be careful, it might be (laughs) hot over there. (laughs) I know, yeah, it's not too bad. Um, I'm pretty consistent and we know we've sort of 
beginning to know what is best for me and my body and what I can handle. So this year, we just want to focus on the speed, feel like there's still a lot to gain with that. Um, and then next year, it will be um, it will be heading more more based on the marathon and up throughout the year, probably marathon training most of the year, really, with probably maybe a small bit of track in between and a few 10Ks in between that, but nothing like it probably will be this year. Probably be doing more 10Ks and halves this year. Do you find it difficult to hold yourself back a little bit? I mean, you guys are obviously have this grand plan and, and you, you've not been in the spot that long, figuratively speaking, generally speaking, from, from what you mentioned there, you've got these long-term goals. But there's so much going on this year, isn't there? As you mentioned, all these different championships. You must be like kind of, ah, I want to get involved, but ah, it's not right. I need to focus <laughs> on the track season. and ah. So where are you with that? Is it an easy decision for you to be very smart with things? Because that's not always so easy, is it? It's quite hard if we like we want to do stuff and we're driven. Where are you with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I regularly, well, I, not long, the other day, actually, I messaged Vince saying, um, actually, should I just do a marathon soon? <laughs> I feel like I'm in good marathon shape at the moment. Um, and he was like, that's not on the plan. That's not what we've decided. Um, and I know I won't because to then turn over and recover, recover so quickly for the track, it, it just doesn't work. And I know as well for me that by doing what he said this year will benefit me and it does um so so yeah of course i would love to to do all three championships would be amazing but obviously that's not um possible but another championship may make it two championships but how it works in my plan i would have to sacrifice a lot more things and i don't want to sacrifice things that I know that will benefit me at the end, if that makes sense. Um, We're definitely beginning to know what is best for me race-wise, my body, physically, mentally. Um, And at the end of the day, we've got a five-year plan. And, you know, we want to stick with that. If it slightly gets tweaked, absolutely fine. The whole five years isn't always going to go to plan. But I want to get to that end goal and, and say, you know, we did this right, we did it sensibly, and hopefully we'll be able to get that end goal by doing it this way absolutely and i think there's something for people listening to this episode now sam to take from that because although they're not competing we're not competing on the stage that you are competing on still having those long-term goals i think can be really healthy because you've got somewhere to go that makes it exciting you can see well next year the year after the year after you know a three two three four five year plan but also i think it keeps you relatively patient and hopefully helps you to make smart decisions with training because it's really easy to just want to do everything and like sign up for every event i mean the classic is if people at a recreational level are doing events and they really they do a half marathon their local half marathon they love it so they want to do it again i want to do it next year and then they'll do another race and oh that was great i'm going to add that to the calendar and before they know it the calendar is just full of all these races and they're doing way too much so trying to sort of prioritize a little bit without taking the fun out of it obviously there's two different things here obviously the athlete that you are uh, at a professional level now which i want to ask you about versus on a recreational level but i think there's things that we can learn from people like yourself so i really appreciate you sharing some of these things talking about being a professional athlete you have a contract with adidas now i mean that's exciting that's awesome yeah I, yeah no that was amazing i think when we first 
spoke about you coming on the... We exchanged some messages about you coming on the show. I think you were working full-time at that point, Sam, if I remember correctly, and you certainly weren't uh, working with Adidas. How did that come about? And and, and how, what difference has that made to your to your training? So, yeah, that happened, started um, this year. So, in end of January, start of February. Wow. It became official then. Um, there was talks about it just before Christmas, um, but then officially signed um, in February. So, yeah, that is amazing. Um, really appreciate their support. Um, and they've given me sort of a long, long-term plan with them. So, you know, over the next good few years of my journey, I will be with Adidas, which is exciting. Um, so to have to have Adidas supporting me is, is amazing. And before that, you know, sports shoes were great as well. Um, they really helped me, started me off because I was obviously unsponsored for a while. And then sports shoe came along. They offered to help me. So they would kit me out with all race kit that I'd need. Um, any training gear, really, that I, that I needed, they would stock me up on. Um, so they were great. And then, of course, Adidas came along with a bit more of a official contract, um, more of a long-term contract. So, of course, I had to say, goodbyes to sports shoes which were still amazing um about it and they was really supportive and just sort of wish me luck on my journey um and now I'm with Adidas and just yeah just seeing how things go with them and yeah just train a little bit harder now basically there you go you can't let Adidas down uh, amazing and I, no, clearly I can see no. you in the Adidas kit here it's obviously a, a great fit I'm sure they will love the fact that you're warm weather training right now things always look better in the sun don't they let's be honest they do always look better oh, yes. in the sun Definitely. with the blue sky awesome and is that a difficult kind of area of your training and career to navigate in terms of sponsorship and and people supporting you different companies and things like that i mean it sounds like i mean you said oh i was surprised you know i was a bit surprised adidas but is that are you more of a passenger with that in terms of people approaching you the likes of sports shoes adidas or is it something that you actively sort of get involved in and try and seek out because it helps your training right i mean it helps your whole thing your profile and it helps you be able to do the things that you want to do and and it it can help to fund this whole journey that you're on my agent sort of sort it out because any sort of sponsorships all go through him so he sorted it out for me um it just felt out of the blue um that was all that's why i say i was surprised um because i have gone so long officially unsponsored um i sort of wasn't really expecting anything still was hoping that i would be sponsored eventually but you, you know it's so difficult to get sponsored with athletes so I didn't really have any expectation when I if or if I would be. I was just hoping so. Um, so then, when this came along in the new year, um, it was just it was just really great for me because I was saying, like I said to Vince, I just said, you know, we do train so hard as athletes, and sometimes it is nice to have a reward at the end. And I don't mean just by racing, because obviously, of course, that's a huge reward when you get a PB or you've achieved something in, in a race or achieve uh, training. But to to be supported by such a big brand, it just really does make running more more special for me. It's just like it keeps me motivated, and you know that hard work is actually um, paying off. 
We, we spoke with uh, Holly Archer on the show, 1500 Meter Runner, and at the time she wasn't sponsored. And, and we had quite a good chat about this, really. And I, I could tell she, you know, working full time as she was sharing with us and stuff. And, and she's now sponsored herself. And it, you can see, I see from the Instagram, I follow her as well. And it's, it's it, how it can change the athlete. And it's a bit of recognition as well, isn't it? You know, you say with all the hard work and effort you put in, of course, you want to race and you want to chase the medals and positions and things and achievements. But actually to have that recognition and to and to gain something from these companies that you uh, and align yourself with them which is a great fit clearly that must feel really nice for you as well that must feel like you're on the right path and doing something right you know that's amazing tell me about london marathon because i know you mentioned uh that they're supporting you now they're getting on board with uh, samantha harrison what's going on there How, how how does that work so London Marathon, I've said I did I do the London Half Marathon, then I did London Marathon uh, last year, and they support um, a, a number of athletes per year, and they will give them some financial help. So that financial help can help them with physios, um, training camps. It can help them with nutrition, anything that, that athlete needs. Because if you're a full time athlete and you depend on this money, and you're not working or you're working a small amount of hours it can be quite expensive to be an athlete and you want to benefit yourself as much as you can um so by having all this support it enables you enables you to have the best physios the best nutrition everything you can to be to perform as the best athlete as you can so um so yeah they offered to support me again um this year in the new year um so the more support enables me to come out to places like this and, and train hard and not worry about finances because you've got the support um, in the sport that you need you mentioned the lack of worry there and i guess as well it's it is that isn't it it's not having that stress we know that what you are doing is stressful in itself both physically and mentally of course it's physically stressful but you want to focus on the task at hand and we know that all the other areas outside of running and training are really important, like being relaxed in the mind and having access to the best physios, as you mentioned, and things like that. So that must help you just feel more relaxed, which is why you're so chilled over there, obviously. It's not just the weather, it's the fact that you can be chilled. <laughs> London this year is is obviously the big target. Last year, or one of the big targets, one of the two big targets, last year was an amazing year for you. Which was the biggest achievement last year of, out of everything that you did? Which stands out the most for you? Yeah. I PB'd um, quite a few races last year. So I PB'd in my half, I PB'd in my 10K. I don't think I PB'd in 5K, actually. I tried to. I felt like I should have, but (laughs) on the day, it just never seemed to happen. But I felt like I should have. That is still to come, definitely. That's still to come this year, hopefully. I'd probably say London Marathon. Um, Although it might not have gone exactly how I wanted to go. I mean, it didn't go terribly wrong, Um, but it wasn't exactly what I wanted to achieve. And now I've looked back and I know exactly why um, without making excuses. I I know why when I look back now. Um, So London Marathon probably was um, because just to be in a, I don't know, it was, I've just never been in a race like that. It was just phenomenal. And to, to finish the marathon and be third Brit and be with all those incredible elites it just it just felt like such an incredible experience for me like you say well probably wasn't my best race of the year because I did better performing races throughout that year but for me to 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 achieve that um with how I felt that week how I felt on the day um how the performance went I felt like uh, it probably was one of the best last year that 
achievement wise for me. It's an interesting question, isn't it? I find because it's not necessarily always connected to the outcome in terms of performance. I mean, it often is. There's a it's a factor, but as you say, you're, you're factoring in. Well, it was the occasion and being there and being surrounded by all these great elite athletes. And I mean, it just must have been amazing. I can only imagine at your level what that must have been like. You mentioned it didn't quite go to plan, but you were still. It's the biggest achievement of last year in your mind. What would you have done differently? How how could things have looked? How could it have gone differently? Was it was it training or was it the actual execution of the race? Training was pretty good, um, actually. Um, there was moments um, where it was very, very testing. <laughs> um, but no, not training as, su- as such. I think it was more the day and that week commencing. I think I... I mean, it's easy, so much easier said than done. Um, because I, was, I did feel it was a bit of the fear of of the unknown in, in going into London the training had gone pretty well I was still I just kept thinking the marathon like you hear you speak to other people you know and they say the marathon it, it cannot be abused Do, don't don't sort of when you look at the paces and and you look how how it can go you think oh yeah that, that's not too bad but I don't think you can ever predict how the marathon's going to go so that was at the back of my mind I think all week um commencing up to London and I just keep thinking you know try and relax and I, I don't think I was as relaxed as I wanted to be um going into it so whether that that made a difference because uh, I definitely perform better the more relaxed I am and then on the day if I actually fueled a bit better in terms of I think if I took on more drinks but I didn't take on and I tried to I tried to I had a plan from what I'd done vaguely in training again it's still it was really like my second first um, marathon so to me it's again just experience practice what's best for you there were so many different things I was trying to practice on in training which I think I kind of ran out of time in because I was as I was changing things around and just got used to something, it was then race day. So I never really, I felt like I had time um, as such on my build-up, which is why this year the build-up's different to last year because <laughs> uh, you learn from these things. And then on the race day, um, I couldn't take on any more fuel really from sort of halfway or just before halfway because I started to get um, a stitch so at that point it was carry on and let or and potentially the stitch get worse which for me I would have really struggled on on then or just sort of try and battle through and and just see if the fueling that I'd done beforehand was enough um so maybe if I had not if I'd not had that stitch and took on that little bit more fuel but my body wasn't allowing me to take any more fuel without getting a worse stitch so that was the only thing but you know all we can do is next time round trial it for longer and just just hope that it doesn't happen again it's great to hear those reflections i mean some are kind of the obvious things are you talking about the nerves and stuff first marathon second marathon sorry you know what do you what do you what is your second marathon london last year yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so what do you expect almost you know on that stage but as you work through these marathons and you build up the experience i'm sure there'll be a certain degree of nerves there but you'll be you're used to that situation and that scenario and that should hopefully help you to feel a little bit more relaxed which is obviously when you race at your best but the nutrition thing's really interesting isn't it over that distance and getting that absolutely spot on and that's so hard like you say kept switching things up in training but then felt like you ran out of time a little bit to really nail things physically consuming these things like you know taking fluids on board 
How easy is that for you at the speed that you're running? I mean, physically, not in terms of whether things give you stitch or not stitch, but do you have a certain technique, a way of actually drinking while you're running at that speed? Because it's really awkward, isn't it? I mean, we had uh, our own tables, um, which was great. So I, t- I had um, a gel on every drink. I think it was three mile, every three mile drink station, 5K or three mile, I can't quite remember now, uh, a drink station. So I'd have uh, my drink, um, so it'd be a certain colour so and a certain number. So I knew, so if it was num- my, I think mine was actually number one. Um, so I had number one with my drink and gel on. So on my drink would be attached to my gel so what i'd do is when i go past my drink station i'd grab my drink and then run with it for two or three minutes maybe just a few minutes and just take little sips um obviously i wouldn't have a gel every time so um sometimes i'd just leave my gel out and then just have my drink and then at the point where i was needing my gel with my drink my gel would be very very slightly torn already beforehand so it would be a lot easier so i'd have a few sips of my drink um and then just try and swallow my gel and get out what i can get out whilst running um it would usually just be i try and get the whole gel down if i can but it, it wasn't too bad actually being able to drink it because the pace was manageable to do that it wasn't like it was too quick and i was getting it all down me and i just couldn't consume it properly it was just um, my body just did, did physically just didn't want to take on any more um, gel, fuel, water. I, I did have some water at the end. Um, instead of having my drink, I did grab some water at, at the water stations to see if that would help with the stitch. But um, it did, I wouldn't say it helped anymore or made it any, feel any worse or any better, really. So I just decided to just stick on water from then. But again, not consume too much because I felt like if I had consumed too much, a stitch might have got worse. Um, I mean, it wasn't throughout the whole race. It was that middle halfway point. So if I could have just gone a little bit longer, which I tried, and then it got to about 14 mile and I was just like, I I can't take any more. Because I just get worried that then the stitch then could make you have an upset stomach and, you know, you just don't want to make it any worse than what it is. It's so difficult over that length of distance. I mean, you know, you've got another opportunity this year it's very exciting back in london you must be super charged do you think you'll be i've spoken about nerves quite a lot during this call and 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 the kind of psychological side of training racing do you feel like you'll be more or less nervous and i know that's a tricky question to to answer at this stage um do you think do you feel like you'll be more more or less nervous in london this year than you were last year and the reason i ask that sam is because you you've done london now does that make sense you you can kind of anticipate what it's like will that help or hinder you where are you with that how, does, how do you think it'll feel i think it'll definitely help i already feel more confident and i've already said to vince that's why i've already said to vince i want to do another marathon before then <laughs> um, he's like uh, no we stick to plan so i was very open to do another marathon before london marathon i actually asked him if i can do another marathon and you know we sat down and thought about it i mean if i really really wanted to i'm pretty sure we could talk about it and see my the purpose of doing one but the when we sat and talk about spoke about it the purpose wasn't really a purpose of doing one the purpose for me for doing what one is is next year and london this year so yeah i'm definitely up for doing a marathon and like i say i, I texted him a few days ago and said and I think I'm in marathon shape. <laughs> um, I think I'm doing more. This in mar- I'm not even in marathon training mode yet, and I feel like I'm 
doing more this time around than what I did in, actually in marathon training last year. Um, so, so yeah, I definitely think I'd be more confident. Of course, nervous, nervous naturally slightly, um, but that that's just natural nerves. But I, I will definitely be more confident um, as I have lot out of I had longer prep and I've done I've studied the course I've been there done it I experienced it I know how it feels throughout I know how it can go I know that you need to be super sensible you know and just listen to your body um so so yeah hopefully it'll go good this time around I'm sure it will I'm super excited to see how things unfold for you as you work your way through this five-year plan it's very exciting I can see you buzzing you look you're a combination of buzzing and super chilled being over there in Spain obviously it's been an absolute (laughs) pleasure chatting to you Sam we must catch up again on the show to see how things are going if people want to keep up to speed with what you're up to they can catch you on Instagram where can they catch you Instagram yep Samantha Harrison 95 Um, that's the one Twitter or Twitter, they're my main two active social media accounts. Excellent. We shall link those in the show notes page, which is runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. What are you up to for the rest of the day? Uh, are we training? What's the next session? What's going on? Yes, I've got another run. Um, it's just an easy run because I had a session yesterday. So double easy run today. So I've just got seven miles because uh, I've already done my morning run. So I've got seven miles in about an hour. I'm awesome. just going to chill out for a bit. Good, good, good. Pleased to hear it. Well, listen, just before you dash off and get ready in your swanky Adidas kit for your second run of the day, I've got one last question for you, Sam. Are you ready for this question? We ask everybody this, all of our guests. Absolutely. Okay, let's go for it. Let's give it a go. Sam, this is your weekly dose of running motivation. What does the word motivation mean to you? It means, you know, you've got to set a goal, get yourself out there, and go for it there you go you've all been told sam has spoken go for it get out there smash it sam it's been a pleasure listen have a great rest of the day catch up soon lovely thank you bye-bye running with jake the podcast did you say it's going to cost you 45 quid to see alan the physio tomorrow yes i did jake yes i just i just had a thought i mean i don't know whether this is going to work or not whether whether whether, it, whether it's viable whether it's an option but could you could you just thinking off the top of my head um supplement the cost of the 45 pounds with some of the Patreon money each month that we get from our lovely patrons, is that is that allowed? Would that be is that? Is that no, it's not allowed because I'm a not running guy. It's my it's my injury, isn't it? I mean, if for example my microphone broke, I think we could use the Patreon money to replace the microphone. Ah, got you. Yeah, mm. absolutely. You, you know, when your mixing desk caught fire, mm, yeah, and you set set fire to half of your half of your studio complex there. Still smell it. We obviously bought a new mixing desk and got the show back on the air by doing by using the Patreon money. And we wouldn't have been able to do that if it wasn't for the brilliant patrons who um it, who by the way, you can become one of, you can pay for this if you if you feel that it's that it's worth a few quid. Um then feel free to pay for it. It just feels good that people appreciate it so much that they want to pay for it. Um like for example, Alana Keenan, she did that. She is a brand new patron. If you want Want to become one? All you have to do is go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast, and there's a little Patreon logo at the top there. Speaking of patrons and Patreon people, Jake, um, Jeff, Jeff Livingston, who we've had a few conversations with, he's one of the people who donates to us every month. Mm, good guy, um, absolute top bloke. Well, he's got a question for um, for for hashtag Ask Jake, and obviously because he pays, of course we're going to answer his question. Of course he's going to jump the queue. Um, so he sent me a really nice email um, and basically I'm going to read you a segment of it and if you could answer it, that'd be cool. Okay, let's go. I like this. Okay. I'm up for it. So he's 
actively training for the Cherry Blossom 10 miler uh, here in DC, Washington DC, on April the 3rd. So in what, three, three and a half weeks time. Um, he says he's feeling pretty good about it, having hit eight miles this weekend, just gone. And he should hit 10 miles close to the 20th of March. Um, here's the hitch, though. During the taper down period, actually the week before the um, run, he has to fly to London for a, a, a pretty taxing business meeting on the 29th and the 30th. He's decided to fly out to London on the 26th. Are you writing these dates down, Got Jake? It. Yeah, uh, he's 26. decided to fly out to London on the 26th so he can do some photography there. And then he flies back on the 31st. Of course, the run is on the 3rd of April. What recommendations does Jake have to accommodate the business travel during the taper-down period? Wow. Any thoughts? That's a, Any thoughts? That's a big, big question. Big question. Well, look, I'll tell you something, first of all, Jeff, and I really appreciate you uh, messaging in that question. It's a great question because so many people can relate to this in that taper period. You talk about the 3rd of April, lots of races going off around then, you know, knocking on the door of spring and whatnot. And I think that actually... It's it's quite common for people to have a little bit of panic during that taper period, but also to have things going off in their life that may be family related. It may be social related weddings. I know some of my runners have got things coming up. It may be that people have business trips like yourself and it's not something that you can just forego. We're not full time athletes. So it's about accommodating it. So where I would start with this, Jeff, is first of all, just accept the fact that that's what it is, meaning don't try and combat it in your mind because that can lead to feelings of anxiety and not feeling great about it and worry and panic and all those things you don't need to it, it is what it is you've got to go to this business trip you have organized the flights accordingly so that you've actually you've got some time before the race on the sunday it's not like you come back on the saturday you're coming back uh, which i think is the thursday looking at the calendar here which is great and here's a key piece of advice for you i think it's really important to remember that there's a lot of people that say that the most important night for sleep is the night before the night before the race. So in your case, and everybody that's competing and running and racing on the uh, on that Sunday, it's the Friday before the 3rd of April. So, And you're back then, which is great. So you can really kind of focus on a good night's sleep, have that in mind when you're away on the business trip. The basics, trying to stay off your feet as much as possible. Depending on the nature of the trip, you may or may not be able to do that, but certainly have it in mind to try and do the things you can. Control the controllables. So staying off your feet as much as possible, staying hydrated, drinking plenty of water. That's really helpful. Trying to eat as well as you can. And if you are spending quite a lot of time sat down, whether that's through the travel arrangements or the actual nature of the trip, just try to move as often as possible. I appreciate not always so easy, but those things in themselves, I think will really help you. So a quick recap, don't panic about it. It is what it is. Control the controllables. Make sure you focus on good quality sleep the night before the night before the race, which is Friday in your case. Make sure you stay hydrated while you're away. Try to keep moving as much as possible and stay relaxed in the mind. You know you're going to bank 10 miles before or close to the 20th before the race. You're going to have bags of confidence. Can't wait to hear how it goes. All that advice aside, when you're in London, don't forget to experience our fantastic English craft ale. <laughs> you know, I don't know how that... Does that fit in with the plan? It must fit in with we'll the plan. We'll call that plan F. OK, let's go with plan F, Jeff. Come on. If you've got a question, it's hashtag AskJake, or you can drop us an email. 
podcast at runningwithjake.com. That brings us to the end of another episode of Running With Jake, the podcast. A massive thank you to today's guest, Samantha Harrison, for joining us. Uh, we will be back next week for more Running Madness. And of course, there will be a little catch up, I'm sure, to find out exactly how Pete got on at the physio. We're wishing you all the luck in the world, mate. Tomorrow it's going to be absolutely fine. You're going to be fine. Just make sure you tell him it's the right bloody leg, all right? And don't mention my name. If only it was a leg. I wish it was a leg. Jake who? I'm sorry, Jake died years ago. <laughs> That's it, we're out of here. (laughs) Oh, and one more thing. Don't seek the water. Seek the thirst. (laughs) 